Sport. It's your passion. It's your obsession. You want informed opinion and 150 years of wisdom? Know it all with the Sporting Life Podcast. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the Sporting Life Dance Podcast. As we look back at a memorable and profitable UK Open before picking out some Premier League predictions for Thursday night. Joining me, Dom, on today's podcast is the most successful darts tipster in the world. He won't thank me for saying that. I'll introduce him under his darts name. It is Chris Thorhammer. And on his arm, his walking man and darts expert in his own right <laughs> is Liverpool's and Sporting Life's very own Paul Hyam. Now, licensing means that we can't have Chris's actual walk-on music, so I'll sing a little bit for you. Do you Chris, know, do you know what that song is? There go the levels. The levels are all gone off and they've ruined it already, Dom. Do you no, know what the no, song is? No idea. I'll give you a clue. My nickname's Thor. No, got me. Have you ever seen the film Thor? No. It's the immigrants <laughs> by Led Zeppelin. That bit's not worked. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the greatest relationship between darts player and walk-on boy. Um, by the way, right. that is the worst introduction I've ever had, and I've been called a lot of things over the years, but Chris Hammer's walk-on man <laughs> is unbelievable. Although he probably could carry me with his guns, couldn't he? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Chris Hammer is the most muscle-bound man in darts, bar no. one. Go in price. Go in price. My, and my Chris hero. has just spoiled the quiz. <laughs> there you go. The quiz is gone. Put the prize away. Should, should the two ever meet, it'd be like an immovable object meeting a... Irresistible force. Exactly. Irresistible okay, is the well, word. I've got exactly. a, new quiz, a new quiz question that I won't ruin. Before going price, who had the best body in darts? Oh, well, he was nicknamed the Adonis for those who John, don't know. John Part. <laughs> Too, <laughs> soon, <laughs> Too soon, Too no, soon. I don't Too think soon. it was. I don't think it is Steve Beaton. No? Are you no. giving it away again? No, I'm saying it's not your answer. Oh, right. Oh, it's definitely Steve Beaton. No, let's, definitely. let's move let's on. Let's move on anyway. It's just in pipe. Let's move on to why Chris got such a powerful introduction. It's because Chris tipped up Nathan Aspinall uh, each way to win the UK Open at 125 to 1. He also selected runner-up Rob, Rob Cross at 18 to 1 and beaten semi-finalist Gerwin Price at 20 to 1. For the second time this year, when three pre-tournament tips have reached the semi-finals. Uh, it happened at the BDO World Championship in January. Mm. Chris, yeah. inspired choices. Talk us through them. Yeah, well, as you know, 159 players were in the UK Open. So where do you start? It's impossible. Well, I thought it was. Well, it's, well, not, it's, not, it's not that impossible. You got three out of four. You, you know. Yeah. It's well, basically, possible. as you know, as I've met many, said many times, I never back Van Gogh because he's he's vulnerable these days and he's always odds on. And it makes everybody else a decent price. And Gary Anderson was back, but dis he was injured. Oh, that was his first event of the season. And he was at eight to one. And then so you've got all these decent players like Rob Cross, Gerwin Price, who we'll talk about this later, but I think he's probably at the moment one of the best, the best player at the moment. So when you see him at 20 to one and Rob Cross at 18 to one, you've got a good starting point. Um, but then the man who did the goods was Nathan Aspinall. Now... I was at the Ali Pali when he beat Gerwin Price in that un unbelievable match. And you see something in him there that he can cope with the big stage. That was his World Championship debut. He'd only won his re-won his tour card at, at the start of last year. And he just loves the big stage. And he just hadn't had that many opportunities to be on the big stage. But you could see he loved it. He loved being up against Gerwin Price on that night. Um, and he went all the way to the semi-finals and lost to Michael Smith in another epic semi-final. So immediately there you think he's the one who can handle it. 
And then since then, it's given him confidence on the Pro Tour. He's beaten MVG 6-1. And then when you see him at 125 to 1, you just think, what's going on? He's not. It's an insult. It's an absolute <laughs> it's an insult. insult. Not any, he won't be it? 125 you know, to 1 anymore, will he? He's, he'll never be that again. He was 34th in the world ranking. But that's him flying up the ranking, thanks to his 100 grand he won at the World Championship. So, th- But... The thing is, I, ha- I have to admit, though, there were other people I could have picked instead of him. You know, there was Chris Doby, who I could have picked for very similar reasons. Um, so if I'd just opted for him, then obviously we wouldn't be having this conversation now. So, so you have a little bit, there's always a little bit of luck in there. Are you telling listeners then it's, wor- it's worth having a delve around in the market? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's not often, I have to say, it's, hard, it's not like golf where you get big prize winners quite regularly. Um that's not taking away anything from our golf expert, Ben Coley, who's a genius. I think that was that. a direct so, dig, <laughs> if, if we're honest. But in, in, especially in these eras of Phil Taylor and MVG, you, you look at the major tournaments, you don't get three-figure prize winners. I think uh, Robert Thornton was a big prize winner of the World Grand Prix a few years ago. Mensal Sulevich winning the Champions League of Darts. It doesn't happen that often. Um, but these days, I think it's going to happen more often because there's so many. There's so many. I mean, players. that's what I was going to say. This, the the talent coming through now is amazing, and not just. I mean, we've always had talented darts players coming through, but there'd be one or two in ten year spells and stuff like that. Now, because it's gone professional, because there's so much money in it, young guys now are going. Do you know what? If I just knuckle down and do four hours practice or something every single day, I can earn a hundred grand in in like a week. Mm. You know, and and that's what you know. That's what Nathan's done. We've seen Doby and getting onto the Premier League stage as well. And the guys are not scared because they're putting that much practice in. And probably because Phil Taylor's not around. For, yeah. for how good MVG is, MVG can blow anyone away in an instant. You know, he can win a match, at, at, you know, with the toss of a coin, straight away flickers his switch and he wins six, seven legs on a spin. But he can get beat and he's not as dominant as Phil Taylor was. Yeah. So all these lads come up now and they're not, they're, not, they're not bothered at all. They will come up, they play a lot of comp- competitive darts in the junior ranks as well, which really helps, yeah. I think. And then... They're not scared to take on the big boys on the bigger stages as well because it's they've fearless, grown up watching it they? and they're all feel and you know young people are fearless these days. <laughs> We've seen it in all kinds of sports, you know, like golf as well. There are a lot. But of this is only this is only good for the sport, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's the, the, the yeah, quality yeah. of darts is improving, and I know that darts has always been a sport going right back to the dawn of time. It's had its personalities and recognisable names and quality. Um, darts players, but now you, you're seeing the young, the youth coming through. You're learning mm. more about them much earlier, thanks to social media yeah, and, yeah, sure. and the amount mm. of TV coverage darts is getting. And, and this is just great for the sport. And Aspinall proves there that these players can climb through the rankings yeah. rapidly and make a name for themselves and money for themselves yeah. fairly early on. Well, we've always talked it. Darts has always been. You know, Chris will back me up here. It's always been a lot of talented players. And if you've ever been around darts, you see them in the practice room. They can hit 180s. They hit nine darters all the time in practice. It's incredible. And even but recently doing on, it on the Pro the Tour, stage. there's been loads on the Pro Loads now, but that's the, the, taking it from just the practice room to the big stage has always been a major problem. But mm. now, they just play on a big stage nine times out of ten like they do in their own backyard or in the practice room. And that's yeah. why the averages are up, nine darters are up, you know, 170 checkouts are up. And they're not scared to take on the big boys because they know they can do it and they can take that game onto the big stage. And that's where, in the past, the young and up-and-coming players haven't managed to do that, probably because they weren't as professional as they are now. They're all professionals. You know, they're doing this for a living. And that makes a hell of a difference than when you're just playing down the pub. So, Chris, sorry, Chris, what what, what does this mean now then for for Aspinall? Well, he's into the top 16. Uh, A good start is he's the... He won won his tour card at the start of 20. 2018, he's the fastest player to have got into the top 16 in in the sports history because he obviously he won 100 grand 
at the World Championship, another 100 grand yesterday. So he's flying right up there. It's incredible. Um, fittingly, beating Rob Cross, he also had that really fast rise to prominence. Um, and the sky's the limit for him now. He's going to be in the world match play. Um, he, You know, to, to be that young, I mean, he's not really young, but he's in his like mid to late 20s. Um, to get a, a major on under your belt, that you've got people like Dave Chisnell who've never won one. Yeah. Um, Michael Smith even is still looking for that big, big major. Um, and he's and, only young as well. well he's still young. We talk about these players as if they're hard yeah, because they've been going on like ages. But the more years you rack up without winning, I mean, we spoke to Paul Nicholson before on a podcast about uh, the mental blocks and things, and they do build up the mental scar, the battle scars. They they build up the longer you go in any sport, isn't it? You could say you could talk. We could talk about like Jimmy White never winning the world is this, snooker is this, championship is this what's happened to Rob Cross then do you think he had early success because he had a similar meteoric rise and he's almost plateaued I think I think he's just finding a level isn't he finding an average yeah. you know you don't look at you know even Michael Van Gerwen it's hard to win a world title you know Phil Taylor made it look easy but I, I, even Phil Taylor today I think would struggle to win that many world titles just because of the sheer depth and the quality in the in the dark ranks these days, so I think I think Rob Cross is doing fine. Personally. Yeah, I think if he was, I mean, let's say he could have won yesterday, and yeah, then all this thing he, about if he got one hit wonders. Sorry, Chris, but yeah. if he got these results without winning the world title, you'd be like, oh, he's doing really well, you yeah. know, and you'd be like, this is a major winner in in the making. He's doing really well because he's won the world title. Then we think, oh, he's not doing so well now because he won it yeah. so early. I think he's doing just fine. He will be fine. He'll he'll definitely win another world title, and he'll win a couple more majors as well easily. I think, I think we've also got to think that the the, the FA Cup of Darts that we've just seen, is, is so, especially this year with the inflated field of one five nine players, so many games. It was that all the players were getting tired by the end. You know, the average is in the final. That's been all averaged eighty eight. I think crossed lower. They were just knackered. Smith was tired in the semi final, and Aspinall may have just been just a bit fitter than cross maybe meant and we saw at the end he kind of almost was giving up with that well yeah um, what, what happened there social media is absolutely rife with with darts fans who were who were unhappy with with rob cross's yeah. behavior seemed to almost give up uh, i don't think he get i think it's just something that he said there's nothing left in the tank um maybe he shouldn't have looked like he'd conceded <laughs> like a snooker player well no, yeah. no you know in a frame i mean um but i just i know maybe in that moment he he could have thought I don't know, he'd lost and then probably didn't realise, oh, we've still got to go off and come back on. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't know. I mean, just he hasn't to hide it a bit better than <laughs> yeah. he really. Just, you know, um, play it cool, play it cool. Drink. But no, it was a strange thing to do, but it's no point giving him stick about it. He was just obviously mentally sh- shattered up there. Um, and yeah, so I, I think we don't want to make a mountain out of a mo- molehill, even though some people have, but. That's that's, that's social, social media. media. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of social media, at Sporting Life and Chris, what's your? Uh, Chris Hammer one eighty and Paul uh, at Sports Paul H. I'm an all rounder, Don. Follow them both. Pa- Paul an all rounder. Chris <laughs> is your go to for yeah. all things darts as far as Sporting Life's concerned. Before we move away from from Aspinall, yeah, Chris, this is obviously an inspired choice, and 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 a lot of research went into into unearthing him as this potential challenger. Are there any other players that our listeners could be looking out for as as future stars or potentially, you know, the next one hundred and twenty five to one tip? Oh, that's, I mean, that's sorry, Chris. That's on the yeah, spot, isn't it? Um, Come on, Chris. No, right, no pressure. Bear in mind that in the quarterfinals of this, we also had um, Simon Stevenson a thousand to one, Ross Smith seven hundred and fifty to one, and well, how many people back them? 
I mean, obviously they didn't win it, but to have got that far. And last year we had two thousand to one shots in the semi-finals, um, which nobody saw coming. David Pallet um, was one of those, and he, he, I don't know. It's, it's sometimes it's you know they're all capable, as we said before. Um, I just you, I guess the key is to keep an eye on what's happening on the pro tour, see who's getting the averages, not necessarily who's just winning the titles. Have a look at if they've been pipped six five. Just have a look, see if they've been playing well, and just get a gauge of who, who's challenging. Read the reports. You see, try and read between the lines, and and try and pick someone you think actually he's doing all right. Just because the bookies might not have heard of him, doesn't mean he's not without a chance. And I think people like Aspinall winning will give more belief that we're going to see more winners of the bigger tournaments and not just the ones that happen on the tour. Say, this, is, this is the tournament for the big winner, though, isn't it? Yeah. For the big price winner, sorry, just because of its format and yeah, the way you, it's derived. The others are a lot harder to get into in the first place, so you you do yeah. well to pick 125 to one winner, you know, in yeah, Blackpool when, when, and stuff when the like draw, that. I mean, one of my other tips was Chisnell, because I thought he... Because obviously he's got a bit of a mental block, with, but I thought this sort of event, when he's playing well... He doesn't look at the draw and see Van Gerwen in his half and kind of think, oh, I've got no chance of this. In this sort of thing, you get Mervyn King taking out MVG without, no one yeah. could see that coming. No Steve Beadson taking out Gary Anderson. Um, and then you just have this sort of weight off your shoulders. But ultimately, he then blew a lead against Simon Stevenson when... Uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, he's going to be my one. I thought there wouldn't be a dry iron, dry iron in the house. <laughs> I thought he was going to go and win it. But then he, he just somehow blew a lead. Maybe the mental block got to him again. And maybe I'm a, a dog with the bone with Chizzy. Maybe I, I don't bother looking at him anymore. Maybe on the big stage, he he can't get it done. I would well, love him. I would love him he's had too. enough chances, hasn't he? He's been mm. playing tremendous starts in all these big events for years now. He's always been, you know, he's scoring. He's always been such a heavy scorer. But... Mm. As they always say in darts, it double, you know, doubles for dough, doubles when you're the, do, the big prizes. Do players like Chizzy then? Do you think they're finding it difficult because darts is evolving at such a rapid rate and because these young stars who are playing some incredible darts yeah, maybe, are coming through? Maybe his so, best yeah. chance was a few years ago. I think it might have been, you know, there's normally the evolution of things and as the top players get older, the younger ones normally have to, you know, earn the, earn the stripes on the, mm. on the floor tournaments, get into the big tournaments. Now the young players are playing so well on the floor. They get into the big tournaments earlier. They get on the big stages earlier, and they're just playing a lot better. And so they're live threats now. So maybe players like like Chisnell have sort of you know missed the boat. Almost. I mean, he's not you old. Don't know. forget, he's not old. But it, it's about. I mean, he's practicing hard. He talked about the other week about practicing a lot in his shed, and his wife keeps texting him, saying, "You in that shed, uh, practicing." <laughs> And I'm paying, he's a, lo- I'm paying he's the a lovely down. guy, Dave. Well, that's, that's what we should say. Dave Chisnell is a lovely I'd l- guy, so I'd love to see him win one because he's yeah, a lovely fella. He, out of all the players in the world, I'd I'd really want him to win one, and he, he's capable, still capable of doing it. And he recently won a tournament on the floor. Um, but yeah, these these mental blocks can, I think, maybe on the big stage. It's... I think your casual darts fan or darts punter just doesn't understand. That darts is very similar to football, rugby, any other sport. You need to, uh, any other sport at professional level, you need that level of commitment. You need to just practice, practice, yeah, practice. Yeah. I mean, your entire life is is dedicated to improving your game. It's not like... And the margins as well. Sure. And Imagine, it's not a team sport either. No. You're, you're alone in it. You either improve yourself or nothing yeah. improves. You don't you get nothing. fined for not turning up to training. So, you know, it's all, you know, <laughs> that is, you know, a lot of self-motivation. Yeah, yeah right. footballers go to train and if they don't or if they're slacking off, they've got a manager there. You know, if you get out of bed and you don't want to go to, you know, to Chizzy's shed or your spare room or whatever, which is what a lot of these guys have to practice, then you know, it's all on you. And that is a hard thing to do when 
essentially you are playing for your livelihood as well. You know, playing a lot of these players aren't as rich as the top top boys, so they're playing for the mortgages and stuff like that. So it is it is hard to get yourself going, and when there's so much pressure on on a big stage, and if, especially if you know you've slacked off in training, in practice, I think that's where, where when it really gets to you because you haven't got the muscle memory there. The confidence that you get from practicing well and practicing a lot is what Phil Taylor always used to thrive on, I think, because yeah. he knew he practiced a lot more than everybody else on that stage. Yeah, and he knew for a fact. And so if people go up there now and they're not sure if they've slacked off or they, they're not sure if they've put enough hours in, then that will show at the crucial times. Just keep pointing that, because Michael Smith said in an interview we had um, on the show earlier in the year, he didn't practice much in January because he had his wedding, honeymoon, and he made a, a bad start to the Premier League. And obviously his surgery hasn't helped. Well, he still reached the semi-final. He seems to be getting it back. But as Paul said there, if you if you slack off on the practice board, and Michael Smith is known as a very keen practiser, mm. and then all of a sudden that did make a difference. When you talk about fine margins in a sport like darts, it did take its toll on him. But I think now, we'll, as we'll talk about later, we'll see him on an upward curve now. Sure. You're listening to the Sporting Life Darts podcast. For all of Chris's latest tips and darts news, head to sportinglife.com forward slash darts. Visit sportinglife.com and log in for free to become an insider. There you can unlock loads of exclusive features, including unlimited video replays, tips and previews, live score update notifications, betting offers and more. Welcome back to the Sporting Life Darts podcast. So, Chris... On to Gerwin Price, your fellow muscular human <laughs> being. Is he the best player in world darts at the moment? I mean, the, the crowd seemed to be warming yeah. to him after the controversy of a few months ago. He's playing some of the best darts of his career. The funny thing is, if he played Michael Van Gerwen, I don't know, on Thursday, which he's not doing, but if he was, he'd be priced up as the outsider. But I would fancy him to win at this moment in time. I'm not saying he's a better player. Um, he's not going to go and win loads of TV majors this year like Van Gogh would but at this present time he's playing with that bullishness that confidence I'm glad to see it I really like I know he's had his controversy with the Grand Summer Darts final I love how he's stuck to his guns he celebrates he's realised it's not a sin to celebrate it was maybe just that over the edge. Well, it's the, it's the measure of a Isn't professional, it? successful sportsman is yeah. when you when you criticise like that for something you've done, yeah. how do you then come out on the other side? Yeah. And and he seems to be doing the right thing. Yeah, brilliant. He was down in the dumps a bit at the mass. Obviously, just been fined 21 and a half grand. That's a lot of money. That was in a darts, big fine, wasn't it? Um, and he wasn't himself against way. He acted as if, well, I can't celebrate anymore. And he even said in an interview, well, I've got to play my B game now. I'm not, I'm not I can't celebrate. Um but I think he's realised, yeah, he, he, he can. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. Um, and the other other players don't seem to mind that. You know, he, he seems to have quite a good rapport with some of the players, despite uh, the, the running he's had with Gary Anderson. Like, him and Aspinall seem to have a really good respect, even though, you know, they had a great match at the World Championship. Um, it was an amazing um, semi-final on Sunday. Um, was going to go to the wire, then Aspinall hits an amazing 1-2-1 checkout on the ball to go 10-7 up. Uh, which was probably better than his 170 checkout to win the whole thing. Um, so Price could have easily found himself in that final um, and on the brink of maybe a second TV major. But I just think maybe this long day, how well Aspinall was playing, another great match. He just ran out of steam. But I think on form, I think he's probably the best to watch. Yeah, I think, I think it's consistency, player. isn't it, mm. as well? It's, 
a consistent level of really high level performance since I've used level too many times there but you know you get my drift yeah. and it is it doesn't seem to need his B game because his A game is turning up more often than not recently and yeah. I'm not, I've got no real problem with the way he's celebrating you know, oh. it, the in your face bit maybe you know maybe he should celebrate off to his left and not to his right when mm-hmm. where the players are there but if you look at some of the old stuff between you know even between Taylor and Bristow and the you know the good old days they were giving each other pelters you know after each throw in your face does, does darts need this does darts well, need I, these the characters? pantomime villain is normally you know Peter Mandy you yeah. know Ted Hankey in, in the BDO as well we love a pantomime villain we, we love the booing and stuff for that and especially things like the Premier League and that where it's constant noise yeah. it won't really bother players too uh, much because the constant noise is fine it's when it's really quiet and someone shouts just before you throw and yeah, that happens at the BDO, doesn't yeah. it? When it's a little worse. bit quieter, and then Glenn Dorant got a little bit annoyed at the lakeside because he could you could hear one person. Yeah, it's miles worse. If it's just a load of sort of um, friendly booing, which it wasn't the case for Going Price, there was a it was a yeah, bit was too nasty. Busy, a bit nasty for him, and that's why he kept losing in the first round of tournaments after his Grand Summer Darts. But now as this thing it's playful, he can enjoy it a bit yeah. more. There is plenty of cheering for him too. Obviously, if it gets him fired up, he plays better when he's celebrating and he's shouting and stuff. And like there's nothing really wrong with that. That gets his best start and his best darts is doing just fine at the minute so I, I think it's another one of these storm in a teacup things another one we like to overplay things don't we he got fined it was yeah. probably a bit excessive in my eyes but he's got fined he probably won't get in people's faces that much but he's going to keep roaring on because that's how he plays his best darts yeah. we will hear from going price in a minute but before we do I think that there's an honourable mention needs to, to go out there for Smith who Paul, I'll, I'll hand over to you because you, you've seen the tweet, but it uh, sounds pretty grim. I mean, yeah, he was he was on Twitter before he had the emergency operation and he was just basically saying, I've huge pain and swelling in my groin, stretching down to my thigh. What should I do? And you're thinking, hmm, has he been hacked or you know what's going on here? And he had like hundreds of responses and to a man or a woman, everyone was saying, go to the doctors, <laughs> go yeah. to A&E. And then it turns out he's got an abscess there and he needed emergency surgery. And, you know, the way he was hobbling in the Premier League, especially, it looked sore, you know, it. And, you know, he's not playing football, he's not running around, but he's up, he's up there you're on, on the stage, feet, you're yeah. on your feet, and you've got to concentrate. That must have been really hurting. And the, the, to, to play the way he did, not only the Premier League, but then the day after, you know, down in, in this in this tournament as well, I mean, it's just a fantastic effort. We've seen a few injured darts players over the years. I mean, I always think to Barry Bates and when he had gout yeah. in his foot, <laughs> and he, he could hardly walk, and, you know, he almost had to get lifted onto the stage. And, and, and what and about Adam, Adam, Smith, Adam Smith Neal at the Lakeside? He comes oh, out yeah, on crutches. He comes out on crutches. Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, I the worst performance I've ever seen, but it was. He's on crutches. Great. What do you want from them? <laughs> so harsh. harsh. Yeah. I nearly backed him that time. If, if he hadn't been on crutches, if he hadn't broken his leg, I would have. Tipped him there because he was the one to watch for. Yeah, so, yeah, go, yeah. We'll go all the way back to that question. You said ones to watch. Adam Smith. Neil. I mean, he's in the crutches. It's in the media, but one day you'll see him uh, winning once his legs healed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that was a fantastic. I mean, you can only imagine how painful emergency surgery on an abscess in your groin is, oh, can't yeah. you? And to get up there and play I, mean, darts. I certainly won't be tweeting about it. I would well, be. I mean, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> Google it. That's what everyone else does. But sure. he kept winning. He kept winning. He kept winning all the way to the semi-final, and he just may have yeah. just. But we're um, the injured dartist, yeah. I suppose. And it came through a thriller against Gurney, 10-9, in the UK Open. So Darts when, needs this drama. Yeah. I know that it seems like you're undermining the sport by calling it the pantomime or whatever, but it just falls, it's on stage in front of an audience that are almost baying for blood a lot of the time. And it's, it's the well, stories is, like this yeah. make the sport Yeah, I mean, this me. is what it's all about, isn't it? We, we want to get to know these players more. There's a lot of talent now. We need personalities as well. There's a lot yeah. of them out there. We just need to 
get yeah. get to see them. They all have great depth. stories. You just you just have to ask the question. That they all have funny ways of how they got into darts. Chris Doby went to play bingo with his mum, and his, his his mate said, "Oh, come and play." And he never played, and he went and won his first match. And, um, and thought oh, I'm good at this you know if he hadn't gone to play bingo with his mum that night do you think you have to be um, good at your very first dart or I think you have well, I don't say have to be good I think you have to have a sort of a, a na- you have to have a natural sort of hand-eye coordination I was just I trying think. to work out if I had a chance yeah. or not because well, I've thrown one dart on stage and I, I don't know I hit yeah. the board at least well there you go didn't the, you? my life was under threat just, if I missed the just board just kicking five hours practice a day for a couple <laughs> of years and let me know how you get on right on the subject of darts personalities, and before we turn our attention to the Premier League predictions, which I promise you are on their way, here's some quick-fire questions we threw at Going Price earlier in the season. You need to change your theme tune to This Is Me. If, I don't know if you've heard Yeah, that well, I asked, I, I asked for it, but oh, they really? won't let me have it. Yeah, oh, no, I did well, ask for it. Every time I hear it, I think that's go, that should be Going Price's song. Yeah, I've, honest, mate, I've asked for it and they said, because it's something to do with a movie, it's not allowed, but oh. I'm still going to be pushing for it. I want it. Like. <laughs> so that, that bit when it goes, a bullet's hit my skin. and Yeah, you know, I, wa- I want it. You're unbelievable. <laughs> but it's how, I've asked them a load of times and I'm going to I'm gonna ask again in a minute, but yeah. I don't know if, how they how they get around me being able to have it. I don't know, but I want it. Get on the phone to Hugh Jackman or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, right. Um, just last, I've got some quick fire questions for you. Um, so, firstly, what age do you think you'll be playing until? Well, I have a plan to finish when I'm fifty. Fifty. How many world titles before uh, you get to fifty? Will you win? Um, if I get one, I'll be happy. Uh, best match you've ever been involved in? Um, I like the Adrian Lewis game in the match play a few years back. Um, what's your well? I probably know the answer. It's a career-changing match. Um, I pr- I'd probably say the same game because oh, really? that was my yeah that was my first time I'd ever played over a long distance on TV and probably give me the belief that I was in a place that I belonged. Um, if there was one missed double, you could just go back in time and hit, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a match dart. Which would it be? It would probably be the last 16 match against Michael Van Gerwen. I was too old and I had a dart or two at tops to go 3-2 up. Um, who introduced you to darts and at what age? Um, I introduced myself really in just local tournaments, but to the PDC was Barry Bates in 2014. Can you remember your first competitive match at any, at any level and how old you were playing that? Um, well, as in like local opens yeah, yeah, and... yeah it could be that Yeah, anything like along those lines um, I wouldn't remember the first oh, one really? <laughs> no I was like because like it's just like I can remember starting my first ever pub league when I started for Mark and Welfare and we'd play a game uh, against a, game, a team up in Oakdale Oakdale Rugby Club Yeah, and it was a bloke there who used to be used to be a left-hander and he used to have a barred right arm and we always used to have a good rivalry against them I forget their names but I bumped into them once or twice and they, they, we seem to get on alright now but it was a good rivalry <laughs> at, at the beginning like yeah um, well one of the questions everyone gets asked but I know the answer is if you hadn't discovered darts what would it be what's that what would you be would you still be doing if, rugby yeah I'd probably still be playing rugby yeah, yeah. Um, favourite pastime away from practice I like to do a bit of home. I do a bit of um, uh, housing development. I, I do a bit of property work. 
Oh, right, okay. We're putting lots of dartboards in the house as well. Well, no, the, dart, the darts are in the bag until they go away again. <laughs> um, one thing in darts you'd change? The fans. <laughs> what, to make them cheer? Yeah. <laughs> Stop the booze and just cheer for a little bit, yeah. even if it's only for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, best two cities you've visited playing darts, one in the UK and one in the rest of the world? Um, I like Blackpool. Um, and I think I liked Berlin as well. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It was good out in Berlin. Yeah. Um, name me a player that a lot of people haven't heard of yet. Who you think is going to be a star? Um. Hmm, let me think. Oh, I can't think of any. There's a, there's a young lad in Wales called um, Sam Kankit. He was a good player years ago, and he went off the boil a bit, but he's coming back in now. So, you know, maybe a couple of years, you may you might hear of him. Yeah. Um, who would you most want to win the world title, the next world title, if it wasn't you? Say you were watching at home. I'd like to see Peter Wright win it. Um, and the mo- the title you'd most want to win, apart from the world title. I'd like to win the Premier League. Yeah. Um, also, there was one question I didn't ask earlier. Your Gary Anderson replacement is Luke Humphreys in Exeter. Uh, what, yeah. was, what was your first reaction to that and the whole concept? Um, it's just a bit of a weird setup, and I don't know how the point system's going to work. You know, I'm happy to play anyone, and you know, if it was Luke, if it was Glenn Durant or anybody, you know, it is who it is, but. I just don't know how if they if they they're just going to play that game and there's no points on the league because it just seems unfair that someone has to like I would have to play Luke, someone would play Glenn, someone would play someone else. Yeah. I think maybe the points is a bit unfair, but yeah. no, I'll just do what I have to do and go out and try and win anyway. Michael Smith said last week some opponents might try the hardest. You know, like before you said you'd feel like you have to. Um, tone down your celebrations some players will try and whip you up even more um are you kind of ready for that kind of battle at the end of the day i'm a professional and i can deal with any circumstance i deal with the crowd i deal with any players and i'll deal with my own emotions so they can try to do exactly what they want but they'll get nothing out of me apart from me giving my best performance visit sportinglife.com and log in for free to become an insider there you can unlock loads of exclusive features including unlimited video replays, tips and previews, live score update notifications, betting offers and more. You're still listening to the Sporting Life Darts podcast with me, Dom, him, Chris Hammer and the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what you say, one thing to Dom off air. He's nasty, isn't he? Paul (laughs) Hyam. Right, on to our Premier League predictions. We've got a great week of fixtures coming up. And we'll start with Michael Smith uh, taking on Rob Cross Smith at six to four on this one. Cross eleven to eight with the draw at eleven to four. Well, a rematch of the UK Open semi-final, which Rob Cross won to register his tenth win over Smith in their thirteen encounters. Um, but I think we're going to see a little bit of revenge here. Are you going for revenge or repeat? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go for Smith. Um, just because we've mentioned how impressive he was to win these games with that injury, he's going to have, a, have had a bit more treatment. He's going to 
more antibiotics or whatever he's taking. <laughs> jacked up on pills uh, again every time. <laughs> um, and I just think he's so naturally gifted, isn't he? And I think he needs to... He got that win last week to get his season up and running. Uh, um, and luckily, the way the results have been this year, quite a lot of draws, people beating each other. He's not... He was by no means cut adrift anyway. He's won. He's in the mix. And, I mean, he's he was my outright tip at the start. Um, and although his odds have drifted a bit after he made a bit of a messy start, I think we're going to see him... Fly yeah, I, lo- I love the way Smith plays, and yeah. like you say, he's, he's a good tip to win this. So I'll be back and crossing this one, uh, just because he's beaten him in that UK Open. I think it's a coin toss this one. I mean, it's a sneaky one for the draw, maybe. I think this could be. Yeah, it should be a really. Uh, these are the games are like fast flying. You know, the arrows all over the place. There's no messing around with these two. It'll be good natured. There should be, you know, a decent big checkout, and this should be a, a lot of one eighties as well. But I fancy Rob Crossy. I do. I think he's you know just getting his mojo back. So I'll, I'll go with Cross. Yeah. I was going to have Smith to win with the most one eighties at three to one. Just to, I'd make that price a little bit bigger. Okay, moving on, and this one the numbers tell you is going to be extremely close. Daryl Gurney taking on James Wade, both players eleven to eight to win with the draw at three to one. This is very close on the head to head, four each. What are you saying, guys? Well, since it's four each, I'm going for the draw. There's always <laughs> one draw. I love backing a draw in the darts. Out of any you of these, it's going to be this one. I never back the draw. You just don't get to back you know there will be one, but yeah. I don't know where it's going to be. Exactly. But <laughs> you, you never get to back draws when you're backing the darts. That's, no. the, that's the beauty. That's why, I mean, it doesn't sound very good, does it? I love a draw. <laughs> and what about that's past... I back it. But I, I do, I like the draw in this one. I think, you know, Dal Gurney hasn't had one yet, so he's due one. And uh, it's so tight between these two. A lot of good games this week. So I fancy the draw in this one. I really do. What are you, Chris? Um... Well, Gurney lost to Smith at the UK Open 10-9, second rounder. So we can't look at the UK Open and think Gurney had a bad one. He got a bad draw. I mean, as we said, the FA Cup of Darts is all about the draw, and he didn't get the luck. Um, But then Wade went out to Ross Smith, having started to get through the tournament. You kind of think, why has he lost to Ross Smith? He beat Van Gerwen. He ended Van Gerwen's unbeaten run in the Premier League on Thursday. And that's the thing with Wade, isn't it, Paul? He, He... he can do his brilliant sort of doesn't matter what averages he gets he can still pick off a, a top player like MVG but then sometimes he he, he can just lose to I think there's, anyone yeah, there's, there's not many men you take above him for a double 10 than mm. James Wade you know he normally nails tops but his double 10 spot on so you know he, he, is, he is a fantastic player but yeah I'm going for the draw here what do you think um, well I'm I'm edging towards Gurney um, but the the tip I'm going to go for is over 10 and a half legs because I think it'll be close like obviously Paul does, a high checkout of 101.5 and over 4.5 180s. If you can't remember that, it'll be written down on the... Yeah, I was going to say, just a reminder yeah. before we move on to the rest of the fixtures, you can get more detail on Chris's tips over at sportinglife.com forward slash darts. Right, the next fixture, again, looks like it could be a close one, this one. Sulovich taking on Gerwin Price. Both players, again, 11 to 8. A draw priced at 3 to 1. The only person who loves a draw more than me, Gezi Price with three out of four. <laughs> so, I mean, where you go? I mean, this is another one. It's coin toss, isn't it? 11 to 8 in the pair for these two. Um, I, I like Price in this one. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, Sulovic is still a player that I can't bring myself to back, even though he's won so much. And he's obviously yeah. quality. I don't know if it's his throwing action. I don't know what if. And what he's it such is, a nice guy. He's a lovely guy, isn't yeah. he? The gentle, but. I just I can't warm to him, Dom. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe because he's a bit slower. Maybe I don't know. But, you like um, him a bit rough around the edges, don't you? Paul? I, I like I like him exactly like that, Dom. Yeah, <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah. No, but I mean, when you've got, I mean, I think this is a great 
a great price, pardon the pun, for yeah. Irwin Price in this one. You get 11 to 8 on him winning any match these days. Yeah, of course, Price a won, decent price. Price won the last meeting between these two in the Grand uh, Slam semi final. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing comeback. Um, well, obviously, we started seeing the great going price at that tournament. Obviously, it, didn't, it ended well for him, but obviously, we saw what happened, the other side of things there. But I think, as I said earlier in the show, I think he's probably right now the, the best player uh, with his scoring. He's confident. And yeah, I've I've got to go with Price, but I'm going to throw in him to hit the most 180s to make the price three to one. He's hit the most with 16 in the Premier League this year, and Sulevich has only made nine. So okay. if anyone thinks Price is going to win, you might as well chuck that. You're prolific. Just a warning though, they've played eight games in the Premier League. These two, five draws. So yeah. although I'm not back in the draw in this you, one, you, you love a draw. I do. Me and Casey Price love draws. Dom. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rare treat on a Thursday dart tonight to back a draw. Moving on. Barney, he takes on Peter Wright in the penultimate fixture. Uh, draw here three to one. Uh, Barney <laughs> five to two. Uh, Peter Wright four to five to take this one. I've got inside your head now. He's, you have, he's calling out the draw <laughs> price first. <laughs> well, they've drawn four, four <laughs> times the two of them. Well, I know, yeah. Barney and loves they've, a draw, and they've, draw, uh, they've won eleven times each in their head-to-head. So. Wright won the last three though but then lost the last three before that all in 2008 so it screams draw but let's let's have a think about Barney here he needs a win doesn't he he's desperate but I mean, can he get one because he seems so he's got two amazing draws in this year when he got the crowd going he became he showed why he's the people's champion as I've banged on about before um, but his standard even in those draws wasn't very good. Yeah. He's been very poor on the Pro Tour. He lost to S- Simon Stevenson at the um, in the first at his first hurdle in the UK Open. He's lacking belief. He did come out with some determined comments on social media saying he's getting used to playing more tournaments and he kind of knew this was coming. Knew the criticism was coming. But it's a shame because this is last year and it doesn't seem to be going going to plan yeah. he's falling further down the rankings the, the chances of him even qualifying for the world championships are going to keep getting less and less if this carries on yeah. and the Premier League isn't going to help it even no. if he wins it because it's not ranking no. and I mean this one's interesting to see who the crowd are favouring because it's in Scotland and the big Barney army following up there but obviously Peter Wright you know has the Scottish flag behind him I'm not sure exactly how Scottish he is but you know <laughs> he's got the Scottish flag there uh, but I think I think the Barney army is going to be on his side isn't he and he's got to win one sooner or later you'd think surely yeah, I think Wright isn't. It's not as if Wright's playing brilliantly himself. No, he's not pulling up any trees, is he? Um, he he lost to Sulevic, um in his opening game at the UK Open, so he got a tough draw. Um, so we can't say he had a bad weekend, but he isn't at his best. Um, I, I've been backing Barney every week because not as a sods law thing that he's bound to win sooner or later but is there an element there of you what really wanting him to yeah, win really, I I so, do. yeah really I do same with me I'll be backing him to win this but, <laughs> but I think this is, this is his last chance saloon for him now sure. last week it wasn't because of uh, the fact he wasn't that far behind but now it, this is almost last chance if he loses he's going to lose even more interest and it'll just be a little sort of it will be a little farewell tour this is the last chance for him to keep his hopes of a top four alive I'm going to go as far as to say as that you know we're week five um, yeah, he's got it, two draws, two defeats. You know, it's not yeah, looking great. He has him, to. He has to win. Peter Wright probably doesn't have to win, and he's not playing particularly well himself. No. I've been quite disappointed with Peter Wright, to be honest. He's just not. You know, he's not looked particularly good. I don't think. No. Almost throughout this tournament in the four games, I don't know 
quite what it is is he's still messing about with his darts or things like that because he you know he changes his darts as often as he changes his hairstyle yeah, he tries to, to stick with them but he, he, you never know what really, really, unless you perpetually keep asking him which people do about his darts which I'm sure he's sick of doing <laughs> I always find it hard to I don't want to ask him about his darts all the time because everyone always asks him about his darts and are you changing he's sticking with these sticking with them and he kind of Goodness knows what he thinks about being asked. I bet he can't. I bet he says at home to his wife, "Will they stop asking <laughs> well, me about my well, dad?" He needs to stop changing them then, and people won't <laughs> ask him. A simple, simple answer to that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, Chris. Yeah. Tip. Sorry. Um, I'm going to go for Barney to win, and but I'm also going to throw in little extras for him to score over two and a half on 80s and a check out of over 72.5, which makes the odds five to one. I'm doing that because those levels are really low. If he wins. He should be able to do those. If he wins the match without doing that, then Wright's played yeah. really bad. I think that's a good bet purely because, A, I, I do fancy him to win as well, and that is the minimum requirement, isn't it, really? Yeah. So, for you know, like Chris says, if he doesn't do those things but still wins, it would be like, like he's playing me or you, Dom. You sure you don't fancy the draw there, Paul? No, I'm not going for a draw on this one. Don't like it. <laughs> Nothing about it says draw to me. <laughs> no, I think Barney just 5-2. to two. I mean, that is a tempting price for me, just purely because, you know, he's been a bit lacklustre in this, but he needs to win this one, and he's got to summon up some of the old yeah. Barney sooner or later. He's got to come out. I wish he went, came out sort of more firing on all cylinders. Yeah, he's a bit passive early on, isn't he? He sort of, I don't know if it's He's just got to enjoy these. He's, he's got to like think, that. these are his last few weeks yeah. on big stages, because obviously if he struggles to qualify for the other big majors, the Premier League's all he's yeah. got for the big Maybe that's what, he, what he's time. thinking. Maybe that's why he's struggling, uh, you know. I think the first four games, maybe he needed that to settle down because he yeah. knows this is his, his last rodeo, so to speak. So I'm hoping he's settled down now. He's got that out of the way and he can just get on, play some dart. He needs to put all that aside. He needs to stop. I think he needs to stop thinking this is my last chance saloon and just go yeah. up and play some good old Barney darts. I like your reference to the last, ro- um, your last rodeo. NFL lingo coming out there from... <laughs> Got it all here, Dom. Let's uh, let's move on <laughs> to the to the final fixture of the evening. It's uh, MVG taking on John Henderson. MVG a favourite here, one to six. John Henderson priced at ten to one, and the draw six to one. Big John, tough one. Although mm. Big John's record against MVG, he, he won last time out, didn't he? But before that, I think it was eight. Was it eight straight defeats? Yeah. But I mean, they haven't. That, that last match great. was at the 2017 World Grand Prix. First round shocker. No one could see that coming. Yeah. It's amazing they've not played since then. I know. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you talk about MVG not having the best of spells, but, you know, at least the crowd will be on Big John's side, you know, being a Scotland, he's, he's the... I, mean, I, I call him floaters. That's probably the wrong thing to say. He's the guest darts player this week. Uh, floaters is probably a derogatory term to call them, <laughs> but that's where he is. And, you know, he's not without skill, Big John. No, he's a steady... But I think he's without a chance. I feel like there's one. a lack of enthusiasm for this fixture. I, think, I feel like the mood changed all of a sudden. you know what? <laughs> I, think, I think this would have been a good first one to put on, to be totally honest. I think if you switch the first and last matches around, you have Smith and Cross on last, yeah. and you put Big John on first, you know, to get the crowd going and stuff for like that. I think this one could, you know, it's got the look of, to me, as, you know, MVG winning three of the first four legs and then just pulling away there. Chris, let's get, let's get straight into your yeah. tip, shall we? Well, the thing is with Big John, I don't want to sound too nice, because he's such a, a nice guy. Everyone, everyone you talk to in darts will say he's one of the nicest pe- people in darts, but I think he's fortunate to be a contender, as they like to call them, just because of the fixtures. If if Ab- if the Knights in Sheffield or Leeds had been in before Judgment Night, then Joe Cullen would have easily got a spot, being a Bradford man. Uh, John Henderson's been fortunate that it's in Aberdeen. Do you think? Is that fair? 
Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, you, you want to try and get the crowd involved as much as possible with the. I mean, you look at. Uh, but he's Chris a fi- Dobie he, he's a fi- he's a fixture pick rather than a star of the future. Mer- pick. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, if you look at the star um, of the future, so Big John, you're looking <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> but um, he's steady. He's very steady and. Um, with MVG, definitely doesn't fancy him. <laughs> no, I love, no, no, I love no. Chris, because Big John's so nice, he's desperately trying to find like getting, a way. Can you say what? Well, he's he's desperately trying to find an angle for. What, why Big is John. so nice? At the World Championship, I had had fortunate to interview him after a win, just before his Christmas break. And I said, oh, "Are you going to go back for Christmas?" And he said, "No, I'm going to. He wants. I'm not going to do a Scottish he accent." He almost did a Scottish <laughs> accent. <laughs> Chris McCammer, okay. The new. He said, um, "I was staying at home. I once had a Christmas at Ian Ian White's, and I didn't enjoy." It. And then he he was he looked mortified that he might have offended Ian White. He said, oh, I mean, they put on a great spread, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he just wanted to make sure it was nothing about Ian White putting on a bad Christmas. Is is, is the fact that this guy is obviously such a nice, <laughs> humble, down to earth guy affect? Your yeah. I think it sounds it like it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And Chris is Chris himself is such a nice guy that I like. Nice I won't listen to what he said about this one. No, I'd stay away from this one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's ruthless. Well, the thing is, last week I backed James Wade on a handicap last week, and I wish I'd gone all in on him to win. Mm. Um, but I'm going to do it with Henderson because get this, he's 13 to five with a 2.5 leg head start. It's only f- it's first to seven. Oh, but. Or, you know, it's 12 legs played. John Henderson's a fine enough player to take advantage of uh, rusty legs from MVG. Mervyn King beat Van Gogh in in first to 10 legs last week um, at the UK Open. John Henderson's going to have the crowd going. He can get... I can, he can get five likes. I mean, he can do. I don't think he will, but he can do. do you think draw? Well, I, I don't know, <laughs> chance. <laughs> if only six to one in the draw here. Yeah. I just think I'm very wary of MVG after, you know, MVG after victory is, you know, he's fired up and he's good. MVG after two bad defeats is an angry man. And he's another player who plays very well when he's angry. I think it's well quite easy to fall angry. into that narrative of, oh, he's wounded, he's bound to win. But we do that with football. If United or a uh, bad example now in in this era, <laughs> if City lose two on the trot, it's like oh they're bound to win this game because yeah. it, it's too easy to fall into that trap. They can lose three on the trot. Or right, maybe it's a bad example with City, but <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. It, 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 he if he's in a little back, if he's in a rut, because I'm not saying he's going to lose. I'm just saying he's going to struggle finding hard work, and he oh, yeah, yeah. and he might be six five up, and he'll have to work hard. Maybe on his throw, it might be a comfortable hold to win seven five, but that would bring in the bet. I mean, it's a, it's a short format, so you know anyone can win a few legs off anyone. I just think he's going to come out and overwhelm Big John. I'm afraid, sadly for Big John and his fan club. Okay, and, yeah. Right, lads. Before we bid farewell to our loyal listeners, it's Acker time, and we don't have a jingle, so I'll make one up on the spot. Ah, a time. Chris, over to you. Um, well, last week's Barney's defeat cost me a twenty to one winning treble. Sadly, um, oh, that's got to be sore. That was a bit sore. It's stinging, isn't it? You can tell he's down. Just, <laughs> um, just be living it now. I'm not, not even one hundred and twenty-five to one winners perk me up. Um, Should do. <laughs> <laughs> twenty to one lose. So twenty-five to one winner. As I've tried to do, do on my written tips each week, I do my, a, a, a treble and a fourfold. And then there's also a little draw no bet version, but obviously sometimes the draws ruin it. Um, and obviously, but I like the draw. No. It gives people an option. You know, I'm not we saying love, we love quiet, a draw. Quiet, Paul. We love yeah. a draw. I'm not saying back all of them. Don't, don't back the fourfold, the treble, and then the draw no bet. But it just gives you an option. Sure. Um, so it's Smith, 
Gurney, Price, and Barney is a fourfold at forty-eight to one, nice, or I like around it. that mark with Skybet. Uh, and the draw no bet version is eighteen to one. And the treble is Smith, Price, and Barney. I've left out Gurney because that was the like that one. And uh, so Smith, Price, Barney is the treble at twenty to one, and the draw no bet version is nine to one. Okay. Well, thanks very much. As ever. Oh, sorry, Paul. Do you want to? Uh, no, I mean, stink lack of draws within the, 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 Why do you have a draw got, treble? He's got the draw, no, there won't be three. There's always one. There won't be three. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you no, said my, three draws. If I was picking up your best bets, I'd stick, I mean, I'd stick Barney because I like him. I'd stick Barney, Price, and I'd stick Cross in there as well for a bit of and added value. So just what's, what's he draw prices. double? You might as well have a draw double. Draw double. Well, Gurney Wade's a draw, isn't it? And then, uh, well, I fancy all the others to win. I mean, it'd be the Barney one probably, just a little saver, just in case. Okay. That's one way of doing it. As ever, all of these tips, including the ACA, are available at sportinglife.com forward slash darts. You can follow us at Sporting Life on Twitter. Chris? At Chris Hammer 180. Obviously. Paul? At Sports Paul H. Dom? Uh, oh, well, mine's at Newcall, but you don't want to be following me for darts advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you'll retweet Chris's tips. <laughs> I will. I will be retweeting. <laughs> so if you just want to look at someone handsome in a Twitter picture, yeah. but also follow Chris's darts tips, Bradford I'm the stuff, one. But anything about Bradford. And anything about Bradford City, of course, but you don't. You and don't nice football boots. Yeah. And yeah, football nice boots. Nice football kits, retro football yeah. kits. Yeah, yeah retro yes. football kits. Chris's darts. But and I mean, England, I appreciate and the promo. But <laughs> and, <laughs> and England football stuff. You know, like England football stuff. I'm a passionate sports fan. Yeah, is it. Longest ending ever. And Chris is like my Mr. Miyagi as far as that's is concerned. So there is, there's, there's a bit of that. There's, there's a lot of love on Twitter anyway, I think yeah. we found. Yeah, head to sportinglife.com forward slash darts and we will see you, or rather you will hear us next week. Ah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Sporting Life podcast. For more, visit sportinglife.com and you can find us on social media at Sporting Life on Twitter and at facebook.com forward slash sportinglifeofficial.com.